Welcome back to part two of the Experience and Innocence commentary track for the uh, Berlin video. Uh, if you made it all the way through part one and you're joining us for part two, thank you for continuing on. Uh, so I want to tell you to queue uh, up your video to the 58 minute mark. Put us on pause and queue up your video to the 58 minute mark. Um, you should see part of the uh, Hold Me, Thrill Me video where it says, Humbled and transformed, our lads crave knowledge and wisdom. And you should see like five screens, uh, five split screen there. Um, and uh, so cue it up to that point. You can put us on pause and go do that really quick. And here we go. And if you're listening to this and you're completely confused, it's because you didn't listen to part one. And I, I, this is a commentary track for the DVD. So go listen to part one if you're wondering what's going on here. Um, all right. Are we ready to go? Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to give you the three, two, one countdown again. I'm going to go three, two, one, play. When I say play, that's when you're going to hit play. Not after, but when I say it. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Uh, I noticed on our uh, show notes for this, Amy, that you'd, <laughs> you're you're pleading with the band to release this officially as an MP3. I right? did not say that. Oh, somebody um, said that. Mason said that. Oh, Mason. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, yes. Yes, that's true. Okay. Um, yeah, well, they did release it as a, uh, record store day single, uh, which by, did you guys pick that up by the way? No. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great package they put together. Um, a lot of little comic book in there and, uh, no, it's a really, it's a really wonderful piece of, uh, record store day U2 history for that one. If you get your hands on it, I recommend it. I just want to. I know we, we. I think we mentioned it at the end of part one, but the just the art style of this is just so cool. With taking a lot of comic book, obviously huge influences from comic books, and just how it chooses to represent them, and the motion graphics is all just really, really great. Yeah, I'm getting a little more distortion there, Mason. Really? I know. I know. I, it's nothing you can help, but we'll just we'll we'll press through, and I'll mute myself at this point. So now we're getting into elevation um, and really getting into the experience part of the, of the show um, as you know, the, the second half uh, kicks in for, again, this is uh, elevation kind of taking us out of the timeline in a way out of the nineties. Cause it's a 2000 song, but it's definitely, it definitely sums up the excitement of that time of you know, of being a, a rock star at the top of your game, at the top of the world, and and the excitement of a live show, and uh, you know, there's there's it's the perfect U two song to sum up that excitement. Yeah, and it's a perfect way to come back from the kind of brief intermission, gets everybody back mm -hmm. into it. People mm -hmm. are racing back to their seats from wherever they've been for you know five or ten minutes, and um. Everybody's these are the same visuals they use for Joshua Tree, right? I think so. That's what I thought too, but I wasn't sure. I figured you guys would confirm or hmm. yeah, deny that. Familiar. 
It's definitely the same like lead-in music, whatever this mm-hmm. you call this. The uh, Tomb Raider mix, or there's, some, there's another name for it. I forgot. I, I can't keep all the remixes straight, but it's basically the same uh, remix that they played on the PA when they came out on the Elevation tour. Also, <laughs> I love that Larry oh. had the suit jacket on for one and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, noticeable wardrobe changes and Bono and his showman gear, although they don't play the showman in this show, but he's definitely the showman in this part. Uh, toned down the makeup uh, in Europe. He had more, I want to say he had more like white face on during the Innocence tour, or, or I mean, uh, during the, the American version of this tour when he did, when he had the McFisto thing going. Uh, but it looks like he toned it down this time. Um, just basically kept some darkness around the eyes. I don't know what the reason behind that is, like, other than maybe it was just easier to remove. <laughs> That's probably sound um, Yeah. Also, good to see that the stage is lighting up for the first time, albeit very mildly. Yeah. <clears throat> And I like that the audience is lit in red behind him. It's kind of we're in the devil's territory now. <laughs> or we will be. I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a hard time sitting in my chair during this i want to get up and jump around but it'll disconnect my mic so (laughs) it really i mean i i when i hear this song i just remember it takes me back to the elevation tour and what a exciting moment that was for you two fans and what they were able to do for us by changing the seating arrangements of a U2 show and having the whole floor be general admission and having all us diehard fans up there at front, giving them, you know, feeding off their energy and them feeding off our energy and them being just so close. Uh, I just remember the first time I saw a elevation show in Kentucky and being near the front of the stage and just being like, Oh my God, they're going to be right there. I can't remember, I, you know, it's like one, I never would have, I, I just couldn't imagine that feeling of just that closeness to the band because Pop Mart and Zoo TV, there's always a barrier because the shows were so big. Um, and that's what this song reminds me of, just the excitement of that and just being out of breath by the time the song was over because the excitement level is so extraordinary and high. Yeah, I definitely agree. There was a, a an usher in one of the Dublin shows who tried to tell people to sit down. And we were trying to be polite and do what he said. But when this show, when this song came on, it was like, politely, sir, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the, I hate when that happens. I mean, just, you you got to stand up, but you got people behind you who are just like, we want to sit, please sit down, sit down so we can see. 
That's yeah. any concert, any concert where you run into that. It's so frustrating. I agree with that. And I, there was a moment not to talk about something that's not going on the screen right now, but there was a moment during when the, it was like Dublin two and like edge was looking at us and like, we weren't standing up, but I wanted to be like, but it's because the usher said to sit down. It's not because I'm <sighs> not into it. I was like embarrassed. Yeah. <sighs> I think Edge mentioned in an interview that he can't really look down during Vertigo because the, the screen underneath kind of throws him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I can definitely see that. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a really wonderful cut there of Bono looking right at the camera and saying, your mind can wander. He just knows where the camera is and when to say that line. Mason, did you say you heard that uh, the performances are inspiring new material? I haven't heard that. Do you? Oh yeah, stand um, on that. Yeah, Bono mentioned sort of that when they're out on the E stage, that they kind of just got. I'm sorry, was got sucked into the show and lost track of my notes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just curious. I would love to learn about new material. Give us a scoop. Yeah, he's, he's mentioned that he's been in, Bono's been inspired. He says that the band's kind of playing past their ten thousand hours, and they're as good as they've ever sounded. And he wants to make a really you've heard this before really tough rock and roll record so we'll see if that happens but i may have missed what were you guys talking about something i may have missed something i see a lot gap here with no talking here um i may have missed what we were were talking about yeah um we were just talking about um mason said he'd heard that uh the songs on the stage have inspired new material and i hadn't heard that so i was just wanting to know more Okay. Um, about that, and uh, okay. I guess it's ten thousand hours of is that ten thousand hours of live performances, Mason, that they've done um, now. Just playing the instrument, you know, you hit your you okay. hit your ten thousand hours of practice of anything. You there's like a some quote where it's like you're a master then or something like that. Oh, wow. And he had mentioned that how the band was sounding so good and that he finally caught up to them. Bono finally caught up to them. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm hoping they're taking this time and social distancing and staying safe. Um, mm-hmm. But but working on new material too. Yeah. I always love they did this on Joshua Tree tour, also just the back to back of Elevation and Vertigo, and how just they just there's no breathe, there's no lag time between the two. Um. I, just, I love that they just go right into vertigo right after elevation. Just keep the energy level up. Yeah, that's a great call out. Okay, so Adam's guitar is purpley and glittery here. That's awesome. And now, however, however, <laughs> there need to be more shots of what his guitar is going to be later on. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Bono sneaking across the floor on the stage, I think, is. Really impressed by his really. physicality, considering all he's been through. Yeah. Yeah, he's practically a cyborg right now, <laughs> just with all the different parts and that he's got in him and all the surgeries he's had. Oh, ripping into Gene Genie, David Bowie song, <laughs> which I want to say was recorded in Berlin as part of the Berlin trilogy that he did with Brian Eno. Um, 
Bowie did three albums in Berlin with Brian Eno. Uh, and I want to say this song was one on one of them. I mean, that, the, you know, the Bono, the showman here right now, I feel like this is him at his most free. I agree. You know, <laughs> this it's a great is, way to put it. Yeah. And now Adam's guitar is like lit up. It's like it's on fire. It's got this like <laughs> cool fire moving fire video graphic on it. And I want to know more about that. <laughs> I want to see it more and I want to know more about it. This was not recorded on film. No way. <laughs> there it is. I see it. Yeah. That is cool. It must be that hot, though. Really cool. Unless it's LEDs. <laughs> so the whole stretch from Dirty Day up till now has all been about the story of well actually from i will follow until now has all been sticking with the experience theme of the show and being mm -hmm. about the band and their about their lives and how they've developed as artists and how they went in various directions and uh, uh it's it's you kind of forget that there was this intro that had this political element to it uh that'll come much later but um it's i i'm, I'm glad that they're this is the show that I think this is probably the most focused thematically since Zoo TV um, in terms of the arc and what it wants to, you know, the, 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 the story that it's telling the journey that it's taking the audience on, if they're really following this, the part, this part of it. And that's why I love this show so much. Another um, one I, of my favorite Bono quotes just happened. Sorry to cut you off there, Colin. It's okay. Wrapping up. Um, yeah, I'm was, wrapping um, up. Was a song more valuable than a chair or useful yeah. than a chair? Depends on the song. <laughs> depends on the chair. I love that. <laughs> was that was that a common line during this part, Amy? Did you hear that more than once on this tour? Do you remember? I don't remember off the top of my head. Sometimes okay. I'll be honest. Depending on where I was sitting, sometimes I could totally understand him. Sometimes I couldn't. Um, it was based on acoustics. Yeah. I mean, it was never bad acoustics, but when he was talking, sometimes I could. Or if I was on the floor, if I was like behind somebody tall, I mm. couldn't always hear or see exactly. But it is a great line. Mason's right. Uh, Mason, you talked about um, like audience participation. Are you talking about like bringing folks up on stage or? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mo I guess mostly during Elevation, just one of the big differences, I guess, between this and Innocence is that Experience Tour had a lot less people brought on stage and, you know, certainly makes sense for a, for a concert you're putting on film, but um, obviously there's weird behind the scenes stuff. I'm sure that's goes into that decision, but I don't know. I kind of, I, I like how it's a little bit more focused on the music and it's a little less, uh, I don't know, 
Twitter based, Instagram based, and they can just focus on yeah. the songs and all that good stuff. But yeah, I don't recall them bringing anybody up on stage during this particular tour. I think he brought. Um, I think I saw. Remember some people coming up, being brought up for City Blinding Lights, but I don't okay. recall any E stage stuff. Which <laughs> Bono just swallowed that microphone. Gross. <laughs> The, a pre-corona world, right, everybody? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but yeah, that definitely was a thing about the 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 distinct a distinctive thing about this show was not having a lot of audience participation. I think that was refreshing. I mean, I you know, it's there have been complaints about that about all the same people getting up on stage. Uh, you know, at every show, it's always the same person or same 10 people or whatever. I don't notice those things at all, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's just kind of a nice way to just put that to bed and get some people, you know, along the edge of the ramp who don't care about that stuff anyway. Right. I think we just don't went past one of the very stage. few close-ups of your base, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Kill <Love> it. it. <laughs> it's so cool. The The graphics on the... Uh, underneath him is all are also really really cool it's like right yeah. out of 2001 uh, yeah i wonder if they might be the same graphics from uh the pop mart tour during where the streets have no name mm. i mean this is in many ways the pop mart to uh innocence and experiences zoo tv in a way is how mm-hmm. i kind of view these tours I love the way he introduces everybody here. I know this is par for the course, but Bono really loves to talk during this show. <laughs> He's just more so than usual, it seems. Uh, I always think of... This whole section of the tour, um, from this tour, was carried over to what they did in 2019. Um, and I'm going to give people more reason to hate me, because I was, obviously, if you listen to the podcast, I was there. They did this section, oh. too, on that. Can you repeat that, Amy? Because I... My... Things oh, out. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, I was just, I was, no, I was just talking about um, if folks who are listening have listened to the podcast, they might hate me because I have attended a few, few YouTube shows in the last five years, um, and they did carry this section over to Joshua Tree 2019, and it was mm. different. They didn't do this. Uh, I don't believe in 2017. So, but uh, okay. I loved this section as well, and so I've seen it. It's just so much fun and so collaborative way he talks about everybody and okay hopefully we won't have any more dropouts now um hello mcfisto (laughs) mcfisto we missed you (laughs) i uh yeah i just mcfisto returning for any u2 tour is just uh means a lot to me 
it was part of what made me a diehard fan in the first place was when I first saw the McFisto character on the, on the Sydney video. And that's when I knew that this was going to be my band for life. <laughs> no other, no other band is doing anything like this. This is so cool. Um, and I like the modern McFisto. I like the Instagram filter McFisto. I think it's, I, I like that it glitches out. I think that's eerie. I think that's, when it go when it just kind of isn't working perfectly, I think that actually makes it better. Yeah, that actually was. I think during early in the shows, I remember reading somewhere that that was a problem they'd ran into rehearsals, but then they realized that they actually liked how it flickered in and out like that. Yeah, which definitely makes sense because it is effective. Mm-hmm. Bono's sort of trying to break through, or McFisto's breaking through, and you know losing control or something like that. Yeah. And there's a nice shot of Bono on stage giving this tour, giving this this speech and just the sort of look in his eyes very, uh, he's definitely giving a performance here that is. uh, I would love to see what Bono would do with like an actual movie role. I think he'd be interesting. Yeah, the closest thing he's come to is um, Across the Universe. Across the Universe, yeah. Like, he was no supposed singing, to be in no gimmicks, just Bono playing villain in whatever movie. I think that'd be cool. He was supposed to play the villain in Strange Days. Hmm. Did you ever see that movie with Ray Fiennes and Juliette Lewis? I have not. Wow, I did not know it's that. It's a great futuristic, well, <laughs> futuristic for its time. <laughs> it came out in 1996 and it takes place in New Year's Eve 1999. Um, and he was supposed to, they, he was going to play the sleazy record producer. Um, but thankfully he backed out because I can't imagine him doing some of the stuff that the actor in that movie ended up doing. But uh, yeah, there's a period in the nineties when he was getting offered a lot of movie roles because of zoo TV. And here we are. One of the great white whales of uh, U2 fandom um, finally being put to rest, I guess. And it lived like up to the expression. hype. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, I, I there's, I don't want to dive too deeply into how fans think and how we, you know, process things, but I'm much more focused on the things that I do get to experience rather than not. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to hear Acrobat a few times. That's just, it's one of my five favorites and just for it to be played and for it to be played well and fit so perfectly. I'm just, I'm over the moon and I just, I love this. Mm -hmm. Edge just goes nuts at the end. And just think of the whole show in general. I mean, like, again like we 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 keep we keep expressing it this way if you had told me this i would have told you you were crazy right you told me you're like youtube's gonna do a show they're gonna play six songs off octung baby and you're not in mysterious ways and until the end of the world aren't two of them Mm, right you know (laughs) it's like that's what that that's what this he still played one that's the other obvious one but um but still it's like wow Acrobat, The Fly, Zoo Station, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses, mm-hmm. all played. Mysterious Ways, Until the End of the World, nowhere to be found in this show. That's pretty amazing. That's thinking outside the box. And by the way, I just it's worth noting that as I'm sitting here recording this, watching this with you guys, thunder is coming from outside. <laughs> and it's, it's just goes so cool. It's about to storm. Ah, awesome. Nice. Just hearing some boom, boom, booms in the distance. Perfect.
Amy, are you with us? I am. I'm just listening okay. and enjoying. And you guys have so like... many. No, you guys have so many uh, interesting bits of knowledge that I'm just absorbing. Um, I do uh, like the uh, the screen effects that they're using here. They're not. It's called the notch effect. Um, oh wait, hold on, Colin. Here's oh, Gartar's okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, but oh, yeah. this is just the best. <laughs> okay. Ooh, love that roar from Bono. <laughs> Bono being the conductor. I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it's, it gets hard to do a commentary track. Like, I just want to listen. I just want to watch them and listen. Wow. So. But yeah, I, just, I love the use of the notch effects, this video effect that they're employing for out there for when this. Amy, yeah. you're cutting out. It makes me. Oh, I'm sorry. Better? What, what were yeah, what did you say? Oh, no, I was just talking about um, since we are all at home during social distancing, uh, check out It Might Get Loud. I'm sure most of you guys have, mm. but oh, it's yeah. a great documentary if you want to learn more about Edge and his guitar playing. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I, what I love about him so much, and Edge to say, is listening to his, listening to his playing and then seeing it actually happen, you know, like with that little bit at the end where he was kind of. Sh- moving his fingers up and down the guitar to make that like wailing kind of sirenish sound. It's just so cool to see, uh, you know, both hear how it sounds and then just see how he plays it. It's just so fascinating. I always love this part of the show. Me too. I like how it changed and evolved too. Mm-hmm. And we're calling out again to the people who uh, came back to see the show that they couldn't see before because it had to be cut short. I remember when I first saw the uh, set list for the first show of this tour and just being baffled by the idea of going from acrobat to you're the best thing about me. Um, I just was like, what? Yeah. I was like, what? How are they going to do that? Just going from this like really deep, heavy, deep cut that we've all been waiting to hear. Most of us have been waiting to hear. And then going into this innocuous pop song that I just, don't i'm not that into um at the time that's how i felt but then and i stayed away from video i stayed away from youtube clips i didn't want to see it until they i saw it live and when this when when i heard this version of the song i was like oh okay this is fantastic now i love this song now i'm a fan of this song (laughs) because of this because of how they do it here 
think yeah, he just definitely mentioned my... the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I think I just heard him mention the one of the other lines I like about how he woke up in the morning and looked in the mirror and saw his father's face. It's just uh, mm-hmm. really, really potent and yeah. strong. Yeah, this is always one of my favorite parts of this show. It's so honest and it kind of gives you a glimpse into, you know, the way he feels about his family. And it's mm-hmm. the same apparatus that he uses to look in the mirror as McFisto and talk to the audience. And so he's using the same thing to take the makeup off. Yeah. For me personally, this is always one of the highlights of the show. Just, I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful version. Yeah, it's just a perfect come down after the onslaught we just had this rock, you know, behemoth of these, that block of songs we just came out of. And it's like, now we can all just calm down a little bit and just uh, start to kind of wrap up this part of the show that is about personal experience before they get into uh, some of the bigger, heavier political stuff that was promised at the beginning of the show. And what more personal experience can you have than love? There you go. Larry puts on the blazer. Stuff that we yeah. know. I love it. Love He's wearing it. a blazer. Yeah. Dig it. <laughs> I'll never forget it when they did those that Q&A session on Twitter and somebody mentioned the Larry's legs. No, at Larry's shirts or something. And he said, who, who do you think runs the account? <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Probably not him. Might have been a PR thing, but still, I'll give him credit. Also, no glasses for Bono here. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, as far as front men go, I mean, if you look at Jagger, Robert Plant, it's like everybody has these drastic changes of when they were first onto the scene and then where they are now, but his from who he was when he was 18 to who he is now, just it's just really shocking how much he's changed just seeming as a person and as a performer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jagger to use an example is kind of trying to do the same things. And Bono's in a lot of ways accepted his realities a little bit more and played to his evolving strengths, not trying to keep the same ones. And it's equally remarkable that this stage in their career, we're talking 40 years now of making music, that they can still create a song that can get the audience to sing along during the chorus, as this song does. Mm-hmm. You know, this is pretty extraordinary for any band to be able to pull that off just for, you know, recording music for 10 or 20 years and still being able to do that. Um. But this is one of those songs that uh, it's pretty easy to get caught up in and, and sing along with. It's just got an, a, a phenomenal hook to it. And I just I wish I wasn't so dismissive of it when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think my theory is every YouTube fan will grow to love every song. It's one point or another. I guess so. I guess so. That That's that's true. Well, as you know, a person who loves love songs, I 
you know, there aren't a ton, ton, ton of love songs, like just straight love songs in the repertoire um, that are obvious love songs. And I just adore this. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, like, you know, if I ever get married, wedding songs, you know, <laughs> like, have very list. <laughs> I think that too. And then I'm like, well, what about the walking away part? And that's like when I start going, maybe I'm overthinking things, <laughs> but maybe I'm not. I don't know. Or just the struggles of any relationship. And yeah. that's kind of what he addresses. And I think that yeah. that's very real. So, yeah. Also, I'm just realizing the change we're about to make from the moon for you're the best thing to the sun, the summer of love. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah. This was staring at the sun in the North American League, right? Yep. Yes. Another one that I also love. I love this song, but staring at the sun is one of my favorites. (laughs) I guess you can also take a drink every time he says this is the edge or some (laughs) variation of that. (laughs) Take an idea. So with Summer of Love, do you guys think it was like a choice based on like refugee situations? Because that's what the song addresses, correct? Um, yeah. Do you think it was like a on purpose in Europe as opposed to in the States or? Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I guess I don't, I'm not sure why. Well, yeah, I, I guess because it is, this song is more, has a very specific geography in the lyrics um, about the West Coast, not the one that everyone knows. And he's talking about uh, Syria, I believe. Um, and uh, and whereas staring at the sun, I think, is a little more abstract and can be applied to a lot of different things. Where you know, like in America, I think the the imagery on the screen had a lot to do with uh, Charlottesville and um, and also about. I think there was also some you know refugee footage uh in that as well. Um but yeah, I think for the European tour I think it makes sense to pick something that is geographically specific to sing just like they dropped uh um American um American Soul for this leg of the tour. There's no reason to do that song in this tour. No, of course um, not. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's part of uh I think that's a con- I think that's part of what went into the change up. Yeah, I love that standing on the sun there. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> Really like the decision to just have the two of them out there because one mm-hmm. would think "Stay" would be the song where it's just Bono and Edge with you know voice and a guitar, but yeah, it went big band went with the band with that, and then for here they just have the two of them. It's mm-hmm. really 
Really nice. I love that guitar strap that Edge uses a lot with the crosses oh, on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just another great thing that this video does is give a good sense of you know what the show is and what you miss when you're on the floor. You know, like you don't really see the sun on the stage when you're on the floor watching this show. Um, you know, you miss that part of it. And it's, it's just, I, I, I'm amazed at what this stage can do. You know, I don't know if this was, uh, I mean, they, you know, for the innocence tour, they had the, the piano popping out, uh, for every breaking wave. And, uh, but it looks like they, they just got rid of that part of the stage and replaced it with a video wall. But I'm, I, I'd have to go back and look again. I haven't watched the innocence video in a while, but uh, if they, um, did they use the entire East stage as a video screen? No, it was, during that show? it was straight steel. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I, I love how the eclipse comes in yeah, during the, that shot. And yeah. Great call out. This, this is a beautiful pull out. Of this, what just focusing on the screen here. Oh. <clears throat> Again, this is an impeccably directed concert video. And then just referencing what Summer of Love is about just mm-hmm. the, you know, civil war in Syria and the refugee crisis. And... and I want to say a lot of this footage was also used in the Joshua Tree tour. Yep. Uh, during Miss Sarajevo, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Still would like to get that concert video sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, we hope. <clears throat> now, I'm amazed at how quickly Edge is able to get over to his little spot over there. Yeah. <clears throat> and now the, the footage... Turns noticeably more violent and confrontational. There's some Charlottesville footage there. Neo-Nazis. Um, this is a great way to take what is an old standard uh, for a U2 concert, Pride in the Name of Love, and breathe some freshness into it by changing up the staging. And uh, especially for us, like you know, those of us on the floor who like know the show (laughs) have seen it already and know it's going to happen. We can make our way towards that stage where not a lot of people are standing. And at least in my experience, I would make my, during uh, staring at the sun or, you know, that's whatever that song is playing at that point and make my way towards that part of the stage where not too many people are standing. And I'm just like, I know what's going to happen, and none of you do. Right. <laughs> you know? Ed, Edge is going to be right here, or Adam's going to be right there. And that's why I'm here. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, I snuck and... over to, in one of the New York shows, and did, like just like what you said, and had a front row spot to watch Adam do his thing. It was yeah. great. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, man. And I never also... looked forward to Pride the way I did during this show. <laughs> and it's also good to uh, to change the sides that Adam and Edge are on, you know? So it's not Adam's mm-hmm. side and Edge's side all the time, you know? You can yeah, go to one side true. and get both. I will never get tired of hearing this song live. 
however format yeah. they do it. I just adore it. <laughs> so, One of the things I love about this, this tour is just like, I think there's at least one great reason to be anywhere in the arena at the show. Not good reason, mm-hmm. great reason. I just think mm-hmm. that's so cool and so smart of them to really use the space. Yeah, the lyric change there is really powerful. Mm-hmm. One boy will never be kissed. Also, speaking to the obvious here, of course, they're in the shape of a cross, too, which adds an extra little allusion to mm-hmm. uh, what's coming later with City Blinding Lights. Yeah. Yeah, audience is, the audience goes crazy during this. There's... Mm-hmm. I love. I know people give you two a lot of. I don't know. It's not crap, I guess. But I just. I love how no matter how crazy something gets on the album or whatever, that when you get it to an arena or a stadium, they really October a song from October really stands up fine against a song from Octung Baby or Songs of Experience or whatever. It's no, like it's they, a great great point. Mm-hmm. It's like you really couldn't tell me that Pride and You're the Best Thing About Me are are vastly different parts of the band's career. They just sound like them. I don't know. It's kind of an obvious point, but it's one I've always appreciated with the live shows. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There never feels like there's any super, yeah, distance or difference between songs. It's it's all just a giant cohesive career. Mm-hmm. Again, an extra shout out. I'm just going to do this the whole time because, again, Unsung Heroes is the crew to be able to get Adam and Edge to where they need to be and to set up those platforms and to make sure Mm -hmm. on a technical level that things go smoothly is, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about that. Yeah, and they didn't, they weren't very, when they had them up on those platforms, they weren't very obtrusive they weren't obtrusive at all like really, for yeah. the audience they weren't like like trying to like create another barrier so the audience can't get to them no it was just it was it was just edge was just sitting standing right in front of you playing guitar mm-hmm. and it, it just like and looking down and smiling occasionally same as adam and and uh just a just i mean a, just a beautiful beautiful moment in the show uh mm. I love Edge's singing that's coming up in a second. I also love how they sprinkle songs of experience throughout the show, and it's not just a chunk like it was in Innocence mm-hmm. and Experience. Yeah. No, they they clearly love this album. Like they just, mm-hmm. you know, um and again, this is a pretty brave line in the sand to draw by not having any Joshua Tree songs on this tour and sticking to that 
Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. There were, um, and, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. When I saw the shows in Dublin, there were a lot of, um, you know, Dubliners and Irish folk that were just stunned that they went to a U2 show where, where the streets of no name weren't played and they were just, yeah. I said, well, I said, no, nope, that was the plan. They did it on the last tour and, but they were just shocked, just kind of not appalled, but you could kind of tell. That they I'm sure that without American soul, the temptation was there to just take out, uh, go get out of your own way and put something else in, you know, one of the eighties, you know, big, big songs, but they stuck mm-hmm. to their guns and went with get out of your own way, which is a, a great song as far as I'm concerned. And like you referenced earlier, these are songs that the crowd sings. They know the hook. They yeah. they sing it right along. Larry oh, I singing. I know Larry sang on this one. Yes, <laughs> yes, very <What>? cool. <laughs> See, See this is why I didn't want to watch it all ahead of time. There that's, you go. That's so great. And this kind of ties back into the beginning of the show where it's, you know, Europe, stay together, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't get in your way and make life more difficult for yourself or for the whole, you know, continent or the world. The EU is important. I mean, that message is really, you know, they definitely address that right here, too. I also love how the stars aren't all there at the start. They they come on as the song goes along and then they're obviously all there for the next song. Mm hmm. And it's uh, it's another song that is has a little specific geography to it when he talks about, you know, Lady Liberty. Um, but still, this is a song that uh, transcends that anyway, no matter where you live. He's been a little shy with the bullhorn on this show (laughs) so far. (laughs) I always like when he pulls the bullhorn out, especially during Bullet on the Innocence Tour. That's one of my favorite things ever. I just got chills when they cut to that shot of the person with a heart in their hand. Oh, yeah. That was great. Literal chills. Gosh. <laughs> yep. Minimal cuts to the audience. Always welcome. Mm-hmm. But occasionally doing it is fine. This is this move, This video has just the right amount of that. I was glad he kept the the blessed part 
for this part of this yeah. the show because it's it's Kendrick Lamar, you know, in the North American leg and to go along with American mm-hmm. Soul. So I liked him improvising and changing it up and but keeping it mm-hmm. in the in the this European version of it. Vim Vendor's shout out. <clears throat> I don't know what it is about Edge's guitar or his piano, but it just it sounds so much more dramatic and like larger than life and epic, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I remember watching this, not this video, but another video where they did New Year's Day and with my girlfriend who uh, they, she, they had a shot just like we saw of Edge going from piano to guitar in a matter of a second. And she's like, wait, he's doing both? How's that possible? How's he doing both? Like, yeah, he's, he's the edge. He's got, he's an octopus. He just does it. Yeah, that's <laughs> you a just forget point. like that, what, what a, what a, what a huge role he has in this song. Uh, he's playing two parts. It's pretty extraordinary that he does it so seamlessly. And singing. Yeah. Three parts, three parts, three things he's got to do in this song. Yes, a weapon of mass devotion, indeed. <laughs> I'm with you, though, Mason. It just—it sounds the piano is so crisp, and it just—you feel it even through all the other sounds. I can't tell if it sounds more hopeful or more foreboding, either. And that's—I yeah. like that about it. It's kind of the song is sort of up to your own, um, uh, up to your own ears to hear, I guess. Because to me, it sounds like kind of doomy you know maybe the echo has something to do with that Mm, maybe maybe I do miss the the um, so we were told this is the golden age from I think Joshua Tree that they were doing. I wish that had made an appearance again. Mm. Oh well, it's an interesting bit of performance at this point. Yeah, with the the fingers, the uh, Axum mm-hmm. mentioned that in his interview. Bono was always doing something interesting. Yeah. Sometimes you get the sense that during this song and other live versions of it that Bono is kind of at a loss for things to do because <laughs> it's such a long break. Um, you know, there have been shows where he just he's, it looks like he yeah, he's trying to interact with the audience and and get them to clap, but it, it, you know, I think there's a part of him that wishes he could mm-hmm. play the guitar or something, <laughs> something more to do. I really miss him being able to play the guitar on some of the songs. I, mean, me do, too. I, I do too. I do too. I like him without the guitar. No, it's controversial, but <laughs> it's more edge guitar, which is what I like. 
Ah, Mason Pena, really great w- one. <laughs> I know. I really want him to have a guitar on Unknown Caller in the 360 video. During the last part of that song, I want the four of them to be jamming at the end of that song. That's the only time. <laughs> it's the only time it, it occurs to me that, man, I wish Bono had a guitar for this part. I've heard a few times when they played Bad where he's used had a guitar that sounded really cool. But other than yeah. that, I'm cool with it. sorrowful old to joy it also is amazing to me how crisply and so- and smoothly those the crosses come down and just how all yeah. of this is executed it doesn't seem awkward or labored at all it just seems like it everything falls right into place again shouting mm-hmm. out the production team i mean gosh what a great job they all did yeah in case anybody missed it mason is shouting out to the to the production team in case anybody <laughs> oh that. sorry no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just oh. kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> production, team, production team, if you are at home social distancing and you want to reach out to Mason, I'm sure he would love to chat with you about this. Yeah. I would do, but he has like legit props, <laughs> as the young people mm-hmm. say today, for you. So oh, if any member of any YouTube group is uh, social distancing and wants to reach out, we would welcome it. We would love to chat with you. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless sure. plug. Talk to us. We would all love to take, you know, find the silver linings during this time. And we would love to talk with you. Also, mm-hmm. there's a Bono Club. Okay. The more you know, the less you know. There <laughs> you go. I found two. There we go. I was always in the camp that this is the heir apparent to where the streets have no name. I totally agree with. Mm. The band's assessment of the song that it's as good a replacement, which it kind of is in this case, since they're not playing streets. Uh, I think this this song gets me just as excited. Um, and I just I I've always loved it. I, I always think it's the, the best thing to come out of uh, how to dismantle an atomic bomb. Was this song. Also, if we were talking about, you know, release the damn MP3 of that of the intermission song. Release the footage of the cities that they have. The ones for New yeah. York that they had were just incredible, and I want one. Mm, I want to put them on my yeah. wall. Yeah. I do also love shout the out footage. to Cyan, who's shown up here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hope she's getting royalty checks or something. <laughs> <laughs> It just, I think it, it's a beautiful way to tie in the whole theme of Brexit and, you know, the European Union and all that uh, with the song that is a celebration of these cities and everything that makes up the EU. And, you know, where, where this song goes at the end, uh, at the crescendo. I think is is a great way to tie up this segment of the show 
and say, look what this, look at this beautiful place you built. Like how important it is. Like how, you know. No, I think it's it's a uh, great point. Yeah. And it's a total contrast to the, the footage of the cities being demolished, you know, 70 or 80 years ago. So. Yeah. And they're coming from a place of authority on that subject, not just being Dubliners or, you know, and being Irish, but, um, but also like what, uh, when they went back to, when they went to Sarajevo on, they took the Pop Mart tour to Sarajevo after the war they just had, and their streets were still, you know, full of rubble and everything. And, uh, you know, they, they brought that show, they brought everything. They brought the lemon, they brought the ramp, they brought the screen and everything and brought that city back, uh, together. I love this moment of Bono singing this part to Larry. Mm. This is another all timer for me. Yeah. Killer. Time, time won't take the boy out of this man. And nobody's more of a man in this group than Larry. (laughs) Nobody's more of a boy in this group than Larry. (laughs) Dorian Gray. Yeah. Something silly, but I've always wondered how does edge change over from playing the guitar normally to the slide ring so quickly? Is there like a thing that that goes on the guitar or is he just wearing it all the time? And I don't notice. Yeah. At me people. (laughs) (laughs) I'd imagine yes. keeping it on would like mess with your fingers, being able to get to the strings and all that. But I just love listening to you guys talk about like just the technical parts of the production and the lights and everything. And I feel kind of like I wasn't paying attention, but. <laughs> I'm learning so much just listening to you guys. I hope that our listeners are as well. Left brain and um, right brain, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Gotta have it. A little bit of both. I'm a I'm a geek when it comes to this stuff. Like I I fell in love with this band partly because their shows were bigger than life. And I've always been attracted to bands and artists that are bigger than life who do these big elaborate shows. Like my first two favorite bands of all time were Kiss and the Beatles. And so I mean that's you know those that's about as bigger than life as as you can get and at, at that time when they were around and uh stop making sense is one of my all-time favorite movies um Madonna's girly show tour I think was amazing and then Zoo TV came along and it was like man this is it See and on the opposite this is what, this is what I love <laughs> Yeah see I was I fell in love with them because of the way they made me feel at the first show and I never yeah. looked back but it was all about how I felt at that first show on Elevation Tour in 2001. And it's always the feeling I get when I see them. And sometimes I even have my eyes closed for some of the show, like different parts. And (laughs) this is the way I'm, you know. I love how Larry just went rogue to give his sticks away and then like did that oopsies (laughs) kind of like run back that everybody everybody does. (laughs) Ah, Love love those four. That's that's a gifable moment. (laughs) For people, people who are looking for Larry gifts, there's one. Hmm. 
so that was fun. Uh, show's over. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can, wait uh, a second. Thanks for listening. <laughs> wait a minute. Could they be taking an encore? I knew this, and I think I forgot it. Who's singing right now? Do we know? Oh, putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. I don't remember. <laughs> Good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I knew it. I knew this at one point. And I don't remember now. I don't say her Somebody... name correctly. It's like Soak S A U or something like okay. that. Soak Soak. He's gonna say okay, it in yeah, a minute. But... That sounds right. I like the choices of uh, women that in the audience that they're cutting to. Hmm. Definitely I, in the spirit of it. I sang this song and I can't sing for anything. I sang it on Instagram and sent it to them. So because you know they, they said you know like they invited women to like join them, and I did. So nice. I happened to end up near the um, the band family and friends area in the second the third New York City show from the EI tour and. I happened to be near Cyan during this part, and she, she kind of just like hit her face and ran away. It's very ah. funny. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Remember when they were soliciting fans to submit videos for the Ordinary Love video? Oh, yeah. I love how that turned yeah. out. <laughs> I submitted one. <laughs> it was terrible. Thank God they didn't use it. Thank God they, did, they abandoned that whole idea. Um, I like to think that was not us; it was them. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody had a cool idea and then just went no after after watching a bunch of us there are our videos and they just went ah no. And my, my head is that Larry watched every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> sorry, Larry. <laughs> I I'm sorry. You had to sit through that. I just I want to just point out from a political kind of perspective just how much I admire these guys for not just talking the talk in things like this. You know, their team is made mm-hmm. up of women, a lot of a lot of women on their crew, and it's just it's, it always warms my heart that somebody actually practices what they preach. And you know, shout out to Bono and all the all the guys for taking this kind of a stand. And they've been practicing that long. I mean, for decades. I mean, yeah, uh, of course. But, I mean, they've they've always they've yeah. always uh, made a point of having a uh, a very female centric mm-hmm. uh, staff working for them, working with them, with them. Sorry, 
I appreciate you guys saying that. Payroll. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Well, there you go. Guys said that. If I would have said it, it might have sounded like the token female perspective. But I appreciate you guys bringing first. That's great. Yes, Bono was one of the great feminists in the world right now. One of the great. He was the woman of the year, wasn't he? Or something. He was. Yeah, Yeah. I think was glamour or something. Yeah. the story of he's talking about the the how this song came about not how it came about but where and when it came about and how important that was and i always i love that documentary from the sky down mm-hmm, me too. about how this song was created and did such a good job of putting everything into context I, I, get, I get chill. I get chills when I hear that demo of mysterious ways and how they uh, discovered one. That's so. Uh. I had a very relatable YouTube fan moment a few weeks ago. I couldn't sleep, so I went to look up Edge playing Love Is Blindness, and I ended up watching the whole thing and didn't get to sleep till four thirty in the morning. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad that the audience sang it right this time because I think there was a show in New York or Boston where they just butchered it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really would be a bummer to have that happen when the cameras are rolling and this is your only chance at it. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Berlin. You know, yeah. you guys know what's up. When we talk about the political I've stuff, I've heard people like yell back at them, like shut up and sing. And I always just got yeah. really like personally upset by that. And because if you are going to U2 concert, you should expect that. And it made me kind of sad. I have that t-shirt, Absolutely. by the way. Love it. Edge's shirt? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got that in second show of the tour. Was that, was that, is he wearing a shirt that's, was on sale at the show? Yeah. Yes, it's his daughter. It's Cyan. It's, I know. Uh, I, I know that. I, I, I knew, I, I didn't know that that shirt was actually for sale in the stands. That, that's not something you two does very often. <laughs> I'm going to wear one of my own uh, uh, merchandise shirts. I just, That's pretty cool. I just want a pair of those pants that I'm just wearing with like the pictures of the band in and the cuts on them. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, um, you guys have a favorite live version of one that you go to that goes in your head every time you hear the song you sing? Because he changes the lyrics a lot in the song. And there's one that I always, every time I hear one, I sing an alternate version. I like the Here is Coming Lord head. one. I think that's the one I think of. Me too. No. Yeah. For me, I, I always hear the Pop Mart version of one whenever I hear it. Like the, the lyric changes he makes in there, like throughout the song, I hear hmm. in my head whenever I hear this song. It's the Michael Hutchins yeah. version. This Ooh, is a lovely you know moment here. Yes. With all yeah. the phones. Mm-hmm. And not for like one of those big songs like they did for Joshua Tree, but just a quiet, unifying one. Love it. Mm-hmm. 
I have a friend who gets upset when a band or an artist has an audience sing. <laughs> He's like, no, I paid you to sing. You sing. I'm not singing. You pay. I'm paying you. <laughs> and oh. I just have to tell him, well, you've never been to a U2 show. You don't. <laughs> I could not disagree just, more. You... I know, right? <laughs> like, you're moved to sing. You just do it. It's a cool shirt that Adam's wearing, by the way. Mm. A lot going on there. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's cool. (laughs) Yeah, this part right here, when Edge is, yeah, I always hear this. This is probably the version. Yeah. Shout out to Invisible and then to Rise Above yeah. One from Spider-Man before then, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> I saw that musical in New York in oh. uh, 2000. You were the one? That? I did. I saw it in 2000. <laughs> I think it was December 2010. Yeah. I'm true blue. I will support any project they get on board with. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see video of a whole show. If I could, if so, if it's out there somewhere, somebody please point me in the right direction. Something pro shot, not 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 yeah. shaky cam. Some somebody's pocket. Something tells me they wrote a check and buried that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, Star Wars holiday special of U two lore. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but that means somebody out there has it. <laughs> It'll leak someday. Uh, my that's my favorite one outro is no them only us. That's my mm. favorite. Yeah. yeah. Coda, my favorite one, Coda. I go back and forth on which song I like the most from Songs of Experience, but Love is Bigger is always in up in contention. I just love this song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's such a weird guitar, too. I've never seen Edge use that one before. Yeah. It it doesn't seem like a guitar you could really, like, play Vertigo on or something like that. It seems so special. I don't know. Maybe because it's all white. It's like heavenly. It's like uh, Prince's guitar in Purple Rain. Yeah, a little bit. Oh. One tiny nitpick is I just don't... The visual part of me, I just do not like how they use red lights and then the blue on the stage. I just don't think that mix that meshes well together at all. It's mm. a tiny thing, but it just drives me nuts. J.J. Abrams uh, directed this part. <laughs> Flair. Yeah. <laughs> it's another song. This uh, this song got a number one spot on one chart, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Or there's like a version of this song or something like that was next or something. Yeah, that got like that hit a number one. Uh, on some obscure chart mm-hmm. of some kind. I don't know what off the top of my head, but um, Beck had a great uh, remix, somewhat something like that of this too. Yeah. I really like what he did with this in Lights of Home. And it's so unusual for a song that is the second to last song on an album to be a huge hit. That doesn't usually happen. Wait, are, 
Love is Bigger and 13 back to back on the album too? Yeah. Ah, I didn't realize that. I believe so. Yeah, this is the yeah, this is the second to last song on the album. Huh. Um and uh I wonder if some real deep U-Tier nerd needs to tell us if that has ever happened before <laughs> before this tour. Only other Where the I... last two songs on the album are also the last two songs on the show. And most of the shows. Well, all the shows for this one must be. Uh, <laughs> that's a project for somebody. <laughs> no, I don't think that's ever happened before. I just this bridge here is just beautiful. I don't want to talk over it, so I'm gonna get it out now that the uh when you think you're done, you've just begun is one of my top five ish favorite moments in a U two song. I just uh mm-hmm. it speaks to my soul. Mm, wow. Beautiful. And the mix uh of that sounds like everybody in the audience is singing that. Mm. You know? just makes it even more joyous it's obviously not it's 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 a backing track but still it's yeah i love this what mason said i love this this whole song just makes me just feel good no matter Mm -hmm. when i hear it it just speaks to their ability to make a beautiful heartwarming just heart just beautiful song without sounding like without the little acoustic guitar or like a tender piano. They just make these emotional songs that just so happen to be big, big songs. That's one of their most underrated skills, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the imagery of uh, transgender mm-hmm. teenagers are in, in Dublin, I think. I think they're yeah. all Irish. Or, yeah. <clears throat> I always found this part a bit awkward for the people who aren't, who aren't right in front of the band. Like, what do you do if you're off to the side? Where do you wave? <laughs> but it's beautiful nonetheless. Yeah. I love that. The audience just keeps going. He almost has to quiet them down <laughs> so he can get to the next song. Oh, yeah, at this point, you're just going, please don't let it end. Please don't let it yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so an intro- is, that a- is that improv on his part? I don't know if he ever did that before, that little mini chant he just did. By the way, my current count is at 12 guitars this whole show. I might have missed one here or there, but that's incredible. Because this is, what, a 26-song yeah. show? Yeah. 12 guitars? you kidding me? Dallas had an easy, he had a good time on this one. <laughs> Took a smoke break, watched a couple episodes mm-hmm. of Friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they still, yeah, don't want it to end. They're still going. 
I'll never forget on the Innocence tour when they did Iris and it, you know, that song ends with free yourself to be yourself. And he wanted the audience to sing along with that. And usually the audience just kind of fades out when the song ends, but the audience in Chicago for one show kept singing it. And I'll never forget the stunned look on Bono's face when the audience was still singing free yourself to be yourself. Gotta find a video of that. Oh yeah. He just like, what, 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 huh? You, 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 you're with me on this. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that too. And yeah, he was absolutely, yeah, definitely surprised. He still seems surprised by fans' devotion to them, which yeah. I believe is surprise. Doesn't seem fake to me. No. This, by the way, what he's saying right now is a lie. We're going away now. No, we're not. <laughs> I believed going, it. Till the we're next going morning. to Australia, guys. See you soon. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> I wonder, that makes me wonder, though, if they, those plans were in motion at this point. I think they are. It's such a big or over undertaking. Mm-hmm. Well, really quickly, I'll just say that I was at this show the next morning in the bathroom at the airport. I was wearing my U2 shirt. Another woman came out of the stall next to me, also wearing a T-shirt, and told me we were going to be in Australia in a year. And I thought she was full of it. And yet, <laughs> we were. So, <laughs> uh, You're ridiculous people, he says. Yep. Take that as a compliment. Oh, come Wear it as a badge of pride. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think you had a note on this one, Colin, that I just want to say I completely agree with. My favorite ending for a U2 show, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, yeah, this is just a great... Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It just brings a tear to my eye when I see this. It's closing out the whole Innocence and Experience project. This, These images coming up that are just sublime. And to not... and I mean, uh, as much as, as great as it would have been to hear 40 at the end of it, as is customary with this kind of a, a show to not do that. I think, again, this is a lot, this is to show to me a lot about resisting temptations. And I mm-hmm. think they did a really good job of really just letting the right songs be played and hoping that the audience would come with them, which I think speaking for myself, I was a hundred percent there. Yeah. You're right. Just their willingness to innovate all the time and mm-hmm. not go with the status quo or what's expected. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. My mind blew when I saw the house in, in Tulsa. I was just, I was, I almost needed to sit down. I was just so taken aback by that. And again, shout out prop masters to make <laughs> that come to reality and look as beautiful as it does. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I've seen a lot of movies and nothing will come up, come close to the gasp when, uh, when this thing happens at the end, when he opens it up. Yeah. That's that's another extraordinary thing about this show and this band is you can take a show, you can take a concert and analyze it the same way you would analyze mm-hmm. a movie. Even more so, uh, if you're being honest here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then going back home. <clears throat> this is something that uh, you miss when you're on the floor is the map on the stage, mm. uh, on the E stage. And I'm glad we get to see it in all its glory here. I never thought when I heard songs experienced for the first time that this song would be played live. 
So for it to be played live and then put at the end of the show with all this was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's great to have this video documented. I mean, this tour, this particular show documented now that we have both the Innocence video and now the Experience video. Mm-hmm. Watching them back to back, it's just, it is like watching uh, watching a movie or a Broadway show where you just have these callbacks and these echoes of these images, especially the light bulb and how, you know, it's kind of the bookend of, of the show of, of this whole project or this whole, these two concerts because the innocence, uh, the beginning of that show has the light bulb on stage during vertigo. And now we're closing with that. And I think that's, I love the way these two albums and tours kind of talk to each other and it's very much like a Broadway production. I love this shot of Edge looking over there at the end of the mm-hmm. stage. Oh, yeah. man. Never actually got to see Bono leave the stage at the yeah. live show. It's nice mm-hmm. to be able to have this candid view of him coming. I love him strutting through the, the hallway and having them take his mic away. It's just mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. And uh, miracle, yeah. Yep, to end it, miracle. yeah, and then to end it with the miracle, how the innocent shows all started is also another lovely little touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Although I also liked hearing um, Talking Heads, "This Must Be the Place" right. was played over the PA at the end of the show in in, in the US, mm-hmm. and being a big Talking Heads fan, that that meant a lot to me too. All right, we did it. This is fun. <laughs> I this thought was so a too. lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope our listeners enjoyed it. Um if uh like I said, please give us your feedback on it. We know our mic we had some technical difficulties. Our mics didn't always sound that you know perfect. We know that, but tell us what you think of the content. You know what, everybody, you we made just the right amount of mistakes. <laughs> Amen. Yep, exactly. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Come back, baby. Uh, um but you can tweet at us uh at you two um at at you two i believe is what it is um okay and then uh mason where can people tweet or you know reach you talk to you at not mason mayor two r's two t's on the twitter if you feel so inclined uh and uh yeah stay safe everybody yeah uh amy people reach you at all or oh yeah i just always have to spell my last name so uh at a m y p is in paul f is in frank l u g h a u p is in paul t is in tom at amy Fluhop on twitter all i ask is you please be kind uh <laughs> right now with the feedback if it's constructive send it on um but uh yeah, yeah stay safe everybody and um 
Oh, Adam in the kimono. He... Adam in the kimono. Oh boy. Oh, yep, that's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to you want to watch the credits, that's people. True. When you're watching this video, you got to watch the credits. Yep. Oh man. Um. Cool. So. Uh. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, and you can reach me at Colin underscore Suter or at Santa Film Pod for my other podcast, Christmas Movies Actually. Um or Facebook or whatever. I don't, you know, but uh, yeah, give us a uh, constructive feedback. If you want to hear more of these, if you want if you don't want to hear any more again, let us know. We had fun doing it, but we, we, we want it to be fun to listen to also. Um, so hold on a second. What just happened? Okay. There we go. Uh, okay. So uh, that's it for us. And uh, thanks again for listening and participating in our first, hopefully not last audio commentary track. Bye. Yep. Thanks for listening.